Welcome back, Heming Brainiacs. Talking about Cool Ridge yet again for the third night in a row. Swim has given us some goods courtesy of lit charts. A ship appears, speechless from thirst, the mariner bites into his arm to drink his own blood. Some more Christ imagery. Oh no, it's a ghost ship. In its deck, death and life in death are gambling with dice for the lives of the sailors. And life in death wins, the soul of the mariner. The sailors begin to die of thirst and fall to the deck one by one, each staring at the mariner in reproach until they are all dead. The mariner tries and fails to pray. Water snakes appear in the moonlight. The mariner has a spiritual realisation that all of God's creatures are beautiful and must be treated with respect and reverence. And with this realisation, he's finally able to pray and the albatross falls from his neck and sinks into the sea. The mariner falls into a kind of stupor and then wakes to find everyone dead the bodies of the sailors reanimated by angels and they're working on the ship powered by the spirit of the south pole the ship races home wood where the mariner sees a choir of angels uh, leave the bodies of the deceased sailors and he hears two voices conversing that brings us up to part six i believe so let's see if we can't find it scrolling scrolling Part five, part six, here we go. Oops, I went past it. First voice. But tell me, tell me, speak again, thy soft response renewing. What makes that ship drive on so fast? What is the ocean doing? Second voice. Still as a slave before his lord, the ocean hath no blast. His great bright eye, most silently up the moon is cast. If he may know which way to go, for she guides him smooth or grim, see, brother, see how graciously she looketh down on him. First voice. But why drives on that ship so fast, without or wave or wind? Second voice. The air is cut away before and closes from behind. Fly, brother, fly, more high, more high, or we shall be belated. For slow and slow that ship will go when the mariner's trance is abated. I woke, and we were sailing on as in a gentle weather. T'was night, calm night, the moon was high, the dead men stood together. All stood together on the deck for a charnel dungeon fitter. All fixed on me, their stony eyes in that moon did glitter. The pang, the curse with which they died had never passed away. I could not draw my eyes from theirs, nor turn them up to pray. And now this this spell was snapped. Once more I viewed the ocean green and looked far forth, yet little saw of what had else been seen, like one that on a lonesome road doth walk in fear and dread, and having turned once around, walks on, and turns no more his head, because he knows a frightful fiend doth close behind him tread. But soon the breathe, there breathed a wind on me, nor sound nor motion made, its path was not upon the sea in ripple or in shade. It raised my hair, it fanned my cheek like a meadow gale of spring, it mingled strangely with my fears, yet it felt like a welcoming. Swiftly, swiftly flew the ship, yet she sailed softly too, sweetly, sweetly blew the breeze, on me alone it blew. A dream of joy, is this indeed the lighthouse top I see? Is this the hill, is this the kirk, is this mine own country? We drifted over the harbour bar, and with sobs did pray, Oh, let me be awake, my God, or let me sleep away. The harbour bay was clear as glass, so smoothly it was strewn, and on the bay the moonlight lay, 
and the shadow of the moon. At the rock shone bright, the kirk no less, the stands above the rock. <clears throat> the moonlight steeped in silentness, the steady weathercock. And the bay was white with silent light, till rising from the same full many shapes, the shadows were in crimson colour came, a little distance from the prow those crimson shadows were, I turned my eyes upon the deck, O Christ, what I saw there. Each course lay flat, lifeless and flat, and by the holy rood, a man of all light, a seraph man, on every course there stood. He, this seraph band, each waved his hand, it was a heavenly sight. They stood as signals to the land, each one a lovely light. This seraph band, each waved his hand, no voice did they impart, no voice but o'er the silence sank, like music in my heart. But soon I heard the dash of oars, I heard the pilot's cheer, my head was turned perforce away, I saw a boat appear, the pilot and the pilot's boy, I heard them coming fast, dear Lord in heaven it was a joy, the dead men could not blast. I saw a third, I heard his voice, is it the hermit good? He singeth loud his godly hymns that he makes in the wood, he'll shrivel, sorry, he'll shrieve my soul. He'll wash away that albatross's blood. Part 7. This hermit, good, lives in that wood which slopes down to the sea. How loudly his sweet voice he rears. He loves to talk with marine earths that come from a far country. He kneels at morn and noon and eve. He hath a cushion plump. It is the moss that wholly hides the rotted old oak stump. The skiff boat neared, I heard them talk. Why, this is strange, I trow. Where are those lights so many and fair that signal made but now? Strange by my faith, the hermit said, and they answered not our cheer. The planks look warped, and see those sails, how thin they are and sear. I never saw aught like to them, unless perchance it were brown skeletons of leaves that lag my forest brook along, when the ivy tod is heavy with snow and the owlet whoops to the wolf below that eats the she-wolf's young. Dear Lord, it hath a fiendish look, the pilot made reply. I am afeard. Push on, push on, said the hermit, cheerily. The boat came closer to the ship, but I nor spake nor stirred. The boat came closer beneath the ship, and straight a sound was heard. Under the water it rumbled on, still louder and more dread. It reached the ship, it split the bay. The ship went down like lead, stunned by that loud... And dreadful sound which sky and ocean smote, Like one that hath been seven days drowned, My body lay afloat, but swift as dreams, Myself I found within the pilot's boat, Upon the whirl where sank the ship, The boat spun round and round, And all was still, save that the hill Was telling of the sound. I moved my lips, the pilots shrieked, And fell down in a fit, The holy hermit raised his eyes and prayed Where he did sit, I took the oars, the pilot's boy, who now doth crazy go, laughed loud and long, and all the while his eyes went to and fro. Ha ha, quit he, full plain I see, the devil knows how to row. And now, all in my own country, I stood on a firm land, the hermit steeped forth from the boat, and scarcely he could stand. O oh, shrieve me, shrieve me, holy man, I hermit crossed his brow. Say quick, quoth he, I bid thee say, what manner of man art thou? Forthwith this frame of mine was wretch, wrenched with a woeful agony. 
which forced me to begin my tale, and then it left me free. Since then, at an uncertain hour, that agony returns. Until my ghastly tale is old, this heart within me burns. I pass like night from land to land. I have strange power of speech. That moment his face I see, I know the man that must hear me. To him my tale I teach. My loud uproar bursts from that door. The wedding guests are there. But in the garden bow the bride and the bridemaid singing are. And hark, the little vesper bell, which biddeth me to prayer. A wedding guest, this soul hath been along, alone on a wide, wide sea. So lonely t'was that God himself scarce seemed there to be. O oh, sweeter than the marriage feast, tis sweeter far to me to walk together to the kirk within, with a god- goodly company. To walk together to the kirk, and altogether pray, while each to his great father bends, old men and babes, and loving friends, and youths and maidens gay. Farewell, farewell, but this I tell to thee, thou wedding guest, he prayeth well, who loveth well, both man and bird and beast. He prayeth best, who loveth best, all things both great and small, for the dear God who loveth us, he made and loveth all. The mariner, whose eye is bright, whose beard with age is hoar, is gone, and now the wedding guest turned from the bridegroom's door. He went like one that hath been stunned, and is of sense forlorn. A sadder and a wiser man, he rose the morrow morn. And that is the poem. Part six and seven. Well, that's the whole poem. So we'll stop there for today. There's more Coolridge coming. But, uh, yeah. Nicely done. All right. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.